Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Boy, do we have some incredible radio for you today. Uh, we kicked it off with a, a little conversation around our, our prosperity cards, Megan Skinner, and now Dr. Alan Hunter is joining me here today. I am so thrilled to have him on the show. Uh, stories we need to know. Unlock wisdom of classic literature from homer to harry potter and the stories are a way you know from my perspective and what i've what i've read so far about alan's work it's a way to identify the journey and i'm thrilled and honored to have alan joining me here today and talk a little bit about his work how he got to be where he is and what is the the foundation for looking at some of the archetypes we're going to be talking about today and so uh Alan, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Dr. Pat. Now, I looked at your bio, and I looked at some of the things that, that you've been doing, right? It said that you lived in Waterton in Massachusetts, and that's, that's a great neighborhood. A lot of churches, <laughs> a lot of places of worship. I've spent a little time up there myself. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we look at the journey that we take in this world. And I want to ask you about what challenges and obstacles that you've had to overcome to bring you to be at the place that you are right now. Oh, well, I think perhaps the biggest challenge that I had to overcome, uh, you can probably hear it in my accent, uh -huh. is, uh, my, my English upbringing. And I was brought up uh, in in a circumstance that basically enforced conformity on almost everybody, very middle class, very, very, um, how shall we say, respectful of the powers that, that were and are. And in some ways, it wasn't until I left that rather repressive uh, background and came to the United States that I was able to discover that there was more to me than there had been back in my own home country. That was one of the, the crusts I had to uh -huh. break my way through. So uh, that was, I think, the big one. That, that set me out on the course uh, as a pilgrim. And I also perhaps should say that the, one of the reasons I, I left England was um, because I had encountered really some failures. I, I, had, uh, I had taken on a job that was really more than I could manage. Uh -huh. And so it's, in some ways, it shows us that it's only when we, we meet defeat that we have the opportunity to say, well, how can, I, how can I turn this around and learn rather than retreat and, and go into a place of woundedness? I love what you just said, Alan. I love what you just said because, you know, what you've just pointed to is the notion that defeat is only really a word. And oh, yeah. something, yeah, and, and what you've done is, however you've done it, you've taken that experience, and you certainly have, as we say, you've certainly pressed on. And I get, yeah. I get to talk with you today because uh, the stories, stories we need to know, whether it is, like we said, the adventures of the folks in Harry Potter or, uh, you know, what, what, it is it, what is it that we learn from getting so engaged? Because you know we get engaged in those stories. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, and we tell ourselves the same stories over and over, and we believe that that is the only story. But literature tells us and have told us for 3,000 and more years that there may well be more if we choose to look at the stories of those major characters in the Western canon, and then we can see how they discovered more. 
So, you know, when we look at some of these stories, and, and, and Harry Potter certainly is one of them, uh, there are a series of six archetypes that you've yeah. identified. And, yeah. and I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to hear how those archetypes reflect some of the characters that we not only know and love in some of the things that we plug into, but that we so identify with. How do we get to know the power of each of these? Ah, well... Um the, the first thing to do is to know that there are six archetypes because many people, it seems to me, get stuck in one phase of their lives because they simply don't know that there may be another, another level to, to move to. Um, so it's important to know that there are six. There is the innocent, the orphan, the pilgrim, then the warrior lover, that's all one term, the monarch, and finally the highest uh, that can be aspired to is, is the magician. And I think we all start off in this world, of course, as, as innocent. Mm-hmm. And um, we become innocent uh, innocence again when we start doing something we've never done before. So we start a new job and we go in and we're all wide-eyed and, uh, and a little bit clueless. And that can be wonderful, but also that means people can take advantage of us. And so the thing to recall is that as innocents, we have clarity of vision. We have this wonderful childlike ability to trust and to give our best. And unfortunately, sometimes if we're not careful, people will manipulate that. However, we have to, we have to stay aware of our ability to trust and indeed our ability to love, which is what the child knows only so well, all through our lives because, you know, try having an adult relationship without the ability to love and trust. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Now, we were just talking about that as, in, in an earlier segment. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, you know, when we look at the work that you've done and, and yeah. you are, you, you know, you're quite accomplished. I mean, this is not the first book that you've written. I want to make sure yeah. everyone has some information on this. Stories we need to know. Uh, you can uh, go to Alan's website, certainly, and find out more about Alan, which is www.alanhunter.net. AlanHunter.net. That's uh, A-L-L-A-N Hunter.net. And check it out. Uh, but you have, uh, you're quite accomplished yourself. I mean, you've gotten all your degrees at Oxford, right? Yes. Uh, yes. A doctorate in, in English. Yes. And you've been teaching for over the past 20 years up at Curry College in Massachusetts. And you're yes. the author of several other books. Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> and, and here you are now talking about stories we need to know. I'm so struck by the title of this book, Alan because it is it is very it's a powerful it's a powerful title that doesn't give us room to kind of move away from our stories and what i mean by that is it's stories we need to know not that if you have a few minutes um you should maybe pay attention why are these stories so important uh they're they're important because all the great stories of the western canon uh all of them for the last 3,000 years have given us these six mileposts, as it were. I call them archetypes, but they're, they're almost like developmental mileposts. They're always there, they're always in the same order, and they're always dealing with the same basic issues. So it seems to me that if, if we were to say something about you know, humanity and literature, that the literature maybe has 
reflected something that is encoded in our DNA, perhaps. I, I don't know. But something that is deep within us, a deep structure, a way of seeing the world that can guide us forward as we grow and develop. And that is why these are not just stories we might like to know, but these are stories that we, if we are to become fully ourselves, we're going to need to know them, and we're going to need to know them in detail, we're going to need to reread them, and we're going to need to perhaps even discuss them with other like-minded people. Because the richness is there, and it's waiting for us, and it's waiting to guide us. You know, you start out the book um, with the problem of soul starvation. Yeah. And I, you know, I've heard... I've heard many, many people talk about uh, aspects of our soul that may be incomplete, but soul starvation is, again, another powerful, powerful term. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about the problem of soul starvation and how it shows up in our day-to-day -day lives. Yeah. Soul starvation, um, as I say in the book, tends to show itself in uh, limiting activities such as obsessions, compulsions, addictions, repeated activities that are designed somehow to console our longing but don't quite do it. So the person who goes out and shops obsessively or the person who has no life apart from going golfing. Um, there's nothing wrong with golfing, there's nothing wrong with shopping, but it's not the largest expression of who that person could be. It is, in a, in a sense, a diversion from asking that real question. And the problem is sometimes the, the, the individual doesn't know there is a question that says, uh, what more can I be and what direction should I look in? And that is where the soul starvation sets in. It's much as if we were constantly raised on, on a diet of only cocoa pots. Mm -hmm. You know, we would, we would survive just, but I, I think our health would diminish and certainly our sense of joy would diminish if we didn't know there was something else. So soul starvation is a big one. Well, Alan, thank you so much. We're going to take a short break. Dr. Alan Hunter joining me right now, and we're thrilled to have him here. He's got a great new book out, Stories We Need to Know. And when we come back from break, I want to, I want to check in with him on J.K. Rowling. How does someone like J.K. Rowling come up with a book? A series like Harry Potter. I can't wait to hear what Alan has to say about this. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. What's ahead for you or your business in 2008? Get your custom roadmap for next year from internationally known astrologer Madeline Gerwick. Find out how to best focus your time and energy for the challenges and opportunities ahead. Call Madeline Gerwick at Polaris Business Guides for a personal or business consultation. Also ask about good timing for important events. Call toll-free 877-524-8300. That's 877-524-8300. Do you want a better relationship to achieve outstanding business and career goals or to improve your health and fitness? You have the answers. All the power you need is within you. Personal transformation is about a solid foundation in the workings of the conscious and unconscious mind with a seminar or training that gets you high and keeps you there. Contact the Empowerment Partnership and unlock your hidden potential. Call 1-800-800-MIND or visit NLP.com. Whatever you think you are, you're more than that. 
Hi, this is Chat with Women, and I'm Pam. And I'm Rochelle. We're a forum for women and the men who love us, who want to learn, grow, change their lives, and have some fun. Join us now five days a week, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. to be inspired, educated, all with fun and love. Be sure to visit our website, chatwithwomen.com. your power with your passion, your life with your vision, and your spirit with your mission. Dr. Lisa Cooney will help you learn to co-create life you want and deserve. She'll empower and affirm you both professionally and personally. Dr. Cooney will teach you how to live your life being balanced in mind, body, and spirit. Tune in to Cultivating Presence, the Psychology of Soul with Dr. Lisa Cooney, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Listen live at thedrpatshow.com. Hi, this is Dr. Scott of Crown Hill Chiropractic in Seattle, your center for maximized living. Wellness is much more than being free of illness. It's about optimal living in all aspects of life. Our maximized living team provides a safe, healing environment while helping individuals express their true divine potential through chiropractic care and wellness coaching. For more information on achieving wellness, visit us at crownhillchiropractic.com or give us a call at 206-782-8800. Is your cell phone harming your health? Evidence has shown that electropollution can have a devastating effect on our health and may increase our risk for disease and illness. Scientifically validated and patented technologies that neutralize the harmful effects are now available. Email mybiopro at aol.com or call 503 501-5604. For more information, visit thrive.emf411.com. No triple W in this address. This station is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Go ahead, Benny. Do it. No, I'm good. I was just doing a little Welcome back, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. We do have fun. I want to thank you all for tuning in and uh, turning on to something that some people call is extremely powerful in the world of talk radio. And we are doing something different. We actually have what we call positive talk radio. It is both inspiring and at the same time functional because we hope to provide you with tools that you need to bust through and live life full out. And so we bring you a wide variety uh, of shows. And today I'm honored and thrilled to have Dr. Alan Hunter joining me here today. Because I have found the power in stories, in the workshops that I do, in the people that I connect with. Everyone has a story. And at some level, I believe people want to be heard. So, Alan, again, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Now, before the break, I asked you this question because this has always been a question on my mind. Uh, And it is the question of, um, uh, you know, of J.K. Rowling. Someone asked me uh, about three or four years ago. They said to me and they asked the question like this. They said, what kind of person comes up with the term crust busting? (laughs) And, And I had to think about that. And the answer that I gave them was someone that knows a lot about carrying a lot of crust and how to get rid of it. And so I can't help but think, what kind of person writes Harry Potter? Mm. Mm. Yes, well, 
very good question. Um, I think uh, rolling is, is a crust buster. I do too. And I, I feel more and more certain every time I look into her books. And she certainly knows all about the six archetypes that I've written about um, uh, and shows us in each, in each volume of the seven volumes uh, Harry Potter gets invited on a quest of sorts, and he goes through all six of the archetypal stages in each volume, mm. except each year the challenges get a little harder. And mm. so by the time we reach volume seven, and I was there waiting at midnight for the, uh, the books to be handed out, I was oh, part yeah. of the crowd, yep. I admit it, um, uh, in volume seven we have Harry's highest challenge so far, because he actually leaves Hogwarts, he leaves his training behind, and uh, he becomes uh, a figure working on his own, and he fights the, the good fight and wins. But he wins because of all the qualities that he's been able to develop in the previous six novels. Uh, so that, I think, is, is a marvellous coherency that uh, comes to these novels, and it also explains how, yes, we sometimes have to fight the same fights over and over again. We sometimes have to bust the crust again as they reform. But each time we come to them, we come to them with a little more knowledge from the last time. And, of course, life has a way of sending us more challenge each time, but we're, we're better armed each time. And that really is part of the delight of these novels. And that's that's such an important part of your book and an important part of your teachings as well. Uh, and I, I don't know. We have a saying here, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to get this exactly right, but, you know, kind of from my stepmom is, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. <laughs> there we are, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you kind of, you, you, you're like, what, 10 years old, and you hear that stuff or whatever, and yeah. you're thinking, what the heck is she talking about? <laughs> It, it doesn't kill me. And yet at the same time, that's exactly what we're talking about. Our stories, if we truly go back and visit them the way that you have, Alan, and we look at them, we will be able to see the enormous power we have to overcome obstacles. Precisely, precisely. If you think of Harry Potter, you know, every, every volume he starts life back at Privet Drive and he's, he's an orphan. So, you know, he's been this innocent. The, re the reason he's alive is because he was innocent and loved by his mother and Voldemort's uh, spell couldn't work on such a, a powerful love. But he's now an orphan, and at the start of every novel, he's taken out of Privet Drive, back towards Hogwarts, uh, and that's when he starts on his pilgrimage. And the pilgrimage is always a journey towards truth. And on the way towards truth, he's going to have to learn to fight for what he believes. That's the what I call the warrior lover, the warrior for peace, mm -hmm. the warrior for the fighter after human values. In doing that, gradually he begins to discover that he can inspire others. And as he inspires others, they gather around him. And that is the role of what I call in archetypal terms the monarch. Because the monarch is not going to fight every battle on his or her own. The monarch is going to depend upon trust and love, which, of course, is what we learn as innocence. And when that happens, when people are working together in love and trust and pointed in the same direction, they are much, much, much more than the sum of their individual parts. And that 
that's what I consider to be the magician. That's when marvelous things happen. In Harry Potter, his followers, instead of just being his followers, they think he's dead. And instead of saying, oh, well, that's it then, and giving up, they become empowered. They say, well, it doesn't matter. We're going to do this anyway. And that, of course, is when they're able to face the forces of evil and overcome them. Mm. And that's true of ourselves, whether we're looking at the place we work. You know, when the boss leaves the room, if the boss is any good, we don't immediately start to goof off. If we are working in a place which trusts us and values us, we're going to carry on the good work, even if the boss is, is miles away. And if we're working for a cause we believe in, we, we can change the world around us, too. That's magic. And that's what I think Rowling has, has again and again shown to us. And I think it's important for children and adults alike to know that they have within them the power to change even what seems unchangeable in the world if they put their minds to it. That's what I love about what you've done, Alan. I, I, you, you actually have given me... Uh, a lot to think about, especially uh, with the book that I'm starting to write, and to think about the stories in in my lives and the lives of all of the. I, you know, I've interviewed over, I don't know, close to 1,500 people, some some incredible number, and I didn't really even know it. And we were kind of going through the shows because you know the book that I'm writing is going to take some of the conversations that I've had with people. Uh, and outline some principles. But what I've been struck by in looking at your book and the work that you've done is there is incredible lessons in yeah. each of our stories. You know, even the folks that are listening to this show and they're thinking, well, I'm not Harry Potter. But in some ways, aren't we all Harry Potter? Oh, yes, we're all Harry Potter. And especially the people who are listening to, to your show right now, Dr. Pat. I mean, these are, these are the people who are already asking questions about how they can break through the crust, how they can be more. So these are not the, uh, these are not the conformists of the world, the blind, um, ordinary, as it were, folk who are hiding in corners. These are already people who are asking the question, how can I be more? And there's Harry Potter who actually discovers that he has much more in him than he ever thought. Mm. and that it needs to be trained and nurtured so that it can come to its full expression. Wow. Well, Alan, thank you so much. Let's tell everyone how they can get a copy of the book because, you know, it's one of these books where it's really wonderful to read and at the same time, you so many lessons. Yes, indeed. Oh, I, I'm grateful that the, the, if you like, the ideas plopped down into my lap after all these years of teaching literature and uh -huh. suddenly... There they were, and I had to write this one. Too good to miss. <laughs> good job. So uh, the book's available pretty much everywhere? Yes, Amazon.com, of course, is always a good place to go, and Barnes and & Noble. Okay. Um, also, there's my website, uh, Um A-L-L-A-N-Hunter. -A -A and, uh, yes, uh, I hope it'll soon be coming to good bookstores near you. I've been asking them to do that. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can move that along. Uh, thank you so much, Alan, for joining oh, us here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. It's such a privilege to be on a program where people really understand these important things. And you're doing 
important work. Well, I got to tell you, I'm feeling like the ma magician at this part in my life. Uh, you so. are. Oh, you're making it happen. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely at that point where magic is definitely in uh, my karma right now. And so are, for all of the listeners out there, uh, this is an incredible book. Alan Hunter, thank you so much for joining us here today. Don't touch that dial. We've got a great show coming up. We're going to be talking with Michael Nardi as well as Deb Barrow. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back.